0: I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically, episode 37. Today, my special guest is Carrie Lynn Norley. She is the wealth alchemist. She's an international wealth and soul alignment activator, mentor, speaker, podcaster, and author. She's the author of two books, including the internationally bestseller, The New Wealth, Magnetize Abundance, Hold Your Wealth, and Leave a Legacy. She also has had an international top-charting podcast, The Wealth Alchemist, where she dives into all things wealth and money. She also has just written a new book, and it is called It Ends With Me, Redefining Toxic Relationships and Rewriting the Story of Your Life. And this is where our lives intersect. Um, This is her story about where she is now, and so... We'll talk a little bit about that. We're not going to go into depth about the book, but we are going to talk about where she is now, and it does have a lot of relevance. Um, Hopefully you can pick up that book and read it. I am sure it's amazing. I can't wait to read it. Her mission and passion is to help shift the wealth consciousness of the planet. She is an American Aussie living in Colorado and loves dancing and good quality chocolate. Who doesn't? I hope it's dark chocolate. I will make sure to put her links in the show notes so that you can look her up and find all her amazing things and her podcast and all of that. So please help me welcome to the podcast, Carrie Lynn Norley. This one, I think you're going to get a lot out of. It's just been one of the most incredible talks and It's just, we cover so many things that are so relevant and so poignant. And I think, I think you're going to love it. I hope so. Anyways, when we come back, we'll get straight into that conversation. Enjoy. Are you struggling with your sexual well-being? Are you often disappointed in your relationships? Do you have unrealistic expectations? Do you ever wonder if you are actually cut out for monogamy? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with a series of beliefs about sexuality and relationships. We call this the mono mindset. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Shouldn't I be satisfied? Content? Just be grateful? Well, you aren't alone, if this resonates with you, you are ready for the Breaking Free from Monogamy 8-Week Program. In this 8-Week Program, you will learn how the mono mindset has set us up for failure in our relationships and in our emotional and sexual well-being. How the mono mindset keeps us from being truly authentic in our sexuality and relationships. How it keeps us small and gives us a false sense of security why we think of sexuality and anything related to sex as wrong or taboo, and how the mono mindset has invalidated your desires. Do you think to yourself, I want to fully enjoy my life and who I really am. I want real connections. I want to be able to be myself. I want to understand my body. I love who I am, but I don't seem to fit the mold. Maybe you've thought, I've always felt like a sexual deviant, but I'm actually a really good person. I don't understand. Well, many of my clients have said, Corrine, I didn't know I had choices. I thought monogamy was the only way to be happy and enjoy a fulfilling sex life. I thought that non-monogamy is for people that have commitment issues, and I thought it was just a way to legally cheat on your partner. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. But what if you could deconstruct the mindset that is holding you back from exploring other options? Well, you can in my eight-week Breaking Free from Monogamy program. Take your life back and become a master of healthy relating and sexuality. Lose the shame and guilt you've been programmed to feel in order to conform. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. Learn to love yourself and your desires. Discover what is natural and ethical. Breaking Free from Monogamy, an eight-week program shifting the mono mindset for greater intimacy and sexual well-being. Do you want to choose monogamy confidently or explore other healthy models? This program is for you. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Good morning and welcome to Breaking Free Authentically. My guest today is Carrie Lynn and she is host of... Of the Wealth Alchemist podcast. So I'm excited to ask some questions about that because I do have questions. But today we are talking about sex and money, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So, Carrie Lynn, I would love to hear a little bit more about what your podcast is about before we jump into mine. (laughs)
1: Ah, before you jump into bed with me I want to (laughs) hear I like jumping into bed with you um so my show my show the wealth alchemist podcast is about money and wealth so I talk a lot about the different aspects of uh wealth through um, a mental emotional spiritual energetic and physical aspect and why i love that we're talking about this today is because very unusually for most people when they come onto my show they find that there are things around self-pleasure sex um openness in really like we actually the last the last 90th episode actually is a conversation around love and um moving on through relationships which is interesting so and then there's also like i love talking about crypto so that's on there there's stuff uh-huh. around human design there's stuff around all sorts of like all sorts of ways that we can ultimately be our best selves. This is going to be fun. and our energized selves, turn mm-hmm. it, our turned on selves, shall we say? And from that space, we get to have more alignment and magnetism, which then ultimately creates more money. Well,
0: that's joy. That's love. Awesome. <laughs> yes. No. This is great. This is so good. Um, you just mentioned. Uh, you just mentioned crypto. crypto you mentioned <laughs> human design. All these things. What is your human design? I'm a manifest. I'm a manifesting I'm- generator. Mm. So We're both sacral beings, mm. which has been very interesting for me this past week. In fact, I have an interview soon with a human design girl for, for the podcast. So that'll be fun to just kind of totally open that up. And I think her daughter is a generator, I think. I think that's what she said. And I'm a manifesting generator. And there's not... You don't hear a lot of the descriptions of a manifesting generator. You mm. hear a lot about like the other, di- like projectors and and just a bunch of different ones. And I haven't found like a lot
1: of information on. This oh, episode. sister, I'll show you. I'll show oh, you. What I'll tell you some people so you can go listen to. There's nice. definitely tons of stuff on manifesting generators. My ex husband is a manifesting generator, and my son, my second son, is a manifesting generator, and my oldest who's about to turn 14 is a manifestor so it's very unusual for those of you who don't know about human design eight percent of the world is manifester, and manifestors are the ones who initiate things and so it's very rare to actually have two manifestors in a house and I can tell you it's a very interesting
0: <laughs> wow yeah because a manifestor is also
1: a sacral being right there's that uh, generator no, you guys are sacral. We don't have any energy centers. Oh, we don't right, have right, right. we don't actually have a close energy. We we need you guys to actually right. energize us. Okay. It was so the generators waiting. are uh uh-huh. which uh-huh. has been
0: really interesting to find out. And we will get back to sex and money. This kind of is all related, but um, I promise it is. <laughs> <laughs> the sacral beings, what I've realized is that if my emotions are aligned, if I am emotionally connected to what I'm doing and it feels really good in my body then I'm all in and I'm motivated and everything. That's a manifesting generator, right there. Yeah. You have to yeah. love it. Yeah. So and that also goes right along with my ADHD. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, that's very that really goes right hand in hand because if I'm not interested in something, but it's it's deeper than that. It's not just about not interested. Like, like we were talking earlier about sort of like the, the marketing and that part of things for my business. I love to create and and I've created my program and I'm so excited about it. Like the breaking free from monogamy. It's so exciting for me because there's so many people that are just stuck in that box of monogamy only and they can't see any other way, but there's so many exciting things, exciting options that aren't just monogamy and so we, we get to choose the styles that we want and all these things. So, I mean, I've been really busy I'm working all that. And it's like, you, I, I'd work till like two in the morning. You couldn't stop me. I was just like, you know, like creating the sales page and all this stuff. And I just, so much energy. That's manifesting and, generator. Right? But then it's time to promote it. And mm. energy is completely gone. And I'm like, what is going on? And I had the wrong view sort of, of how to use social media that didn't feel aligned with me. And I didn't want to be selling something. I wanted to be authentic, but I think I just didn't know how to show up authentically online. Hmm. I was afraid of some things and I realized I was afraid of kind of the backlash from, you know, my family, friends, yeah, situation. Um, And I'm used to sort of getting in trouble for things sometimes. And so there's like some, some programming that I had to heal from and learn that and things that I was afraid to be triggered from. And I realized that that was holding me back in so many ways. And so I really dug deep and I started to get very, just dig into like, what is it? What is the fear that's holding me back? And what is it that I don't want social media to do? What What is it that I just don't want to come across as or whatever? And so I really got intentional and emotionally connected to the purpose of it and kind of how to do it instead of stuck in the overwhelm and the frozen, you know, the freeze stage of things. Um, and the overwhelm was like, I don't know what to do next. And I don't know how to do this. And I don't know how to do that. And it was mostly because I really didn't feel aligned, but as soon as I kind of got aligned with how I would show up and showing up for me was like having intentional conversations with people in chats and creating conversations and stuff. Um, that felt much better and then i got excited about going on social media rather than avoiding it like the plague still mm. not 100% there yet but uh, i tell you like unless that that emotional connection is there like you just can't move forward you know to create money and and financial success in your life you can't um you can't sort of get unstuck because you 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 feel like you're in this place that just isn't quite aligned. And so working through some of that um, has been really interesting. And, And again, I was studying the manifesting generator a little bit more last week and going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That does make sense. I operate differently than other people. And I have trouble making decisions quickly. And that's normal. That's that's actually what i'm supposed to do is is take a minute and think about it and f- feel into it which again is all the business podcasts say you can't be successful unless you're quick at making decisions and i'm like i'm
1: destined to fail like i'm going to well i think you know what though i think there is truth to that though i think there is truth to that and i also think there's truth to i think there's truth to both of it mm-hmm. and if you're looking at it from a human design perspective mm-hmm. like i mean you can just look at for example like there's splenic i hmm, i'm going to Throw some stuff out here that's gonna yep. be a little confusing. But um I have started to play with different human design things. So in astrology, oh, this is gonna be an interesting one. Okay. In <laughs> astrology. Okay, sex um, and money and, sex and money, human <laughs> design. <laughs> in astrology, and I'm like, there's there's something called the uh I'm gonna forget the word right now. 13 sign sidreal astrology. And it's really interesting because I did not know about this until last year. And In what we normally hear in Western world culture is what's called tropical astrology. It's what you're getting in any of your newspaper articles. You scroll through Facebook, whatever. It's all that. It's tropical astrology. And what that ultimately is, don't quote me on this because I am not a specialist in this, but like (laughs) the general idea of this is it's like thousands of years old. They took a screenshot of the sky at the time, and we have been based on a screenshot from thousands of years ago. So when we looked at sidereal astrology, it actually has evolved, so it, it actually takes your your time, your blueprints from when you were born, from when you were born in the sky. Whereas tropical was actually like based on the sky thousands of years ago. According to my understanding, again, don't quote me, mm-hmm. go look it up. Okay. And so, so last year I decided, interestingly, so last year I ended up going through separation and divorce. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, someone brought this to me and I was like, how interesting. And I was really resistant at first. I'm like, this is what we do people. This is like what we've been doing for years. Let's let it be, right? Mm-hmm. Why do I need to go change it? And then I was like, Oh, wait a minute. What if I did? I've just come out of this separation, out of this marriage that wasn't healthy. I'm like reinventing myself. So, why don't I reinvent my energetic blueprint? Like, we'll just check it out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I say that because for years, I've been doing this work for since Robbie is turning 14 this week. And I've known human design since then. We have had a human design family since then. And so, for me to change was like, what the? And I went from splenic, which is an immediate decision. That's what I'm saying to you. Like, it's not a human design thing necessarily, and it depends on your design. And
0: mm-hmm. it depends
1: on not necessarily the design, but like the energetic type for that, right? Mm-hmm. So, I was a splenic, which means that I'm supposed to make fast decisions. Like, that's it. Like, just make decisions. When it comes to the gut, like, do it. It also looks so freaking floozy from the outside because I make a decision, and I'm like, six weeks later, I'm like, yeah, I didn't like that decision anymore. It's not aligned anymore. Next thing. <laughs> right? And so, it can look really floozy like because you're always constantly because it doesn't feel good. And I'm a manifester, so I'm supposed to initiate. So, everything's fast mm. until it's not, and then I go into my hole. <laughs> then I moved into, in this space, the emotional wave. So you now ride an emotional wave, which is another part of, so like you could be an emotional manifesting generator. And when we have an emotional wave, my ex was that as well, then it can be like three days, mm-hmm. right? So like you have to, or it can be five days, you'll know your wave. Um, and so you have to ride it and you have to know like, okay, so at the beginning of my wave, I get really excited. Then I go to the, oh, I don't really know if I like, whatever the thing is, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it can take a few days to get through that. I do think, though, that we can get stuck on small details. And I think sometimes, especially as women, because it's not actually like we get into decision overwhelm. And in business, it can be a really like feminine things are not necessarily decisions. We're not the decisive people. So we have to pull on our masculine energy and that can feel really overwhelming. And so I don't necessarily know, as I'm hearing you say this, that it's like a. An excuse. Because I no. fully, I fully believe, I really do, that the faster that we move through things and the faster we can make decisions and the faster that we can fall off and get our get our butts back up, the the quicker we are to success. And in our human design, there are times like so, but certain things we can have a decision that's like that. Mm-hmm. Other times it's like, I really need to sit on this decision. Yeah. And you need to learn to ride your waves or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And and it's all different depending on design too. And so, yeah. you know, I hear you say that. I'm like, yes, and yes, yes. and no, and I've been
0: learning so much about, like, ADHD and, and just how, you know, like, incorporating, like, me choosing, you know, I had a great conversation with with um, a coach last week, and he's so great at the tough questions, right? Like, his questions are, like, so why do you choose, why are you choosing executive dysfunction? And I was like, right. What? Right. I mean, why am I choosing that? If I could choose not to have it, I would not have it. And so he just called me out on some things, which was really good because I have executive function issues when I compare myself to someone who has a completely different brain. But there are workarounds to my executive function. And if I stay with that mentality, oh, I don't have executive function, then I'm not going to seek out the other ways simply because I'm afraid of, of the success or the failure, you know? So there's a lot of responsibility and I'm really big on like owning your shit. And, and I think that you are too, like what we were talking about is just like, Owning your part in things, owning your part in your sexuality, owning your part in sort of your wealth generation and things like that. And so let's get back to sex and money. Sex and money. <laughs> and so I'd like to hear just if you're willing to share a little bit of your story because we both are separated, we both kind of gone on a journey. And I'm curious how similar our journeys are, but like we have similar (laughs)
1: fantasies. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, what do I want to say? So I've been well, I've been married. We were married 17 years and well, we were together for 17 years. And so it was a year ago that we separated. A year ago, and my—I will say for me personally, like as we're talking about, you're talking about non-monogamy and opening things up to non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably about—I've been trying to think. I have to ask my friend. Maybe nine or ten years, maybe ten years ago, when one of my girlfriends started to do open relating, which she actually took a pen name and started writing online. Which you can imagine back then, ten years ago, was pretty. Yeah. Like now, now to talk about it, for each of us to talk about it, there is our own personal stuff, but it's not quite as edgy and racy as it was 10 years ago. Right. Oh, yeah. And, um, actually even before that, this is so interesting because even before that, when I was in my, in high school, at high school, sweetheart, we went off to college, he was a year younger than me and we had an open relationship for two and a half years. And again, this is this concept of like, that was over 20 years ago, 20, I'm going to age myself here, 25, 20, 26. A long time ago <laughs> right well and truly before we had internet of internet like that we were looking on instagram and learning about poly well, i open college, relationships <laughs> the aol
0: sign like. right right yep we had to dial up back then <laughs> yeah, right yeah.
1: <laughs> and so um i i laugh that i'm like man we totally had a really successful beautiful open open relationship nice. and um because both of us us wanted to like hold each other down. We were both young and we were like, yeah. is this really what we want? Is it not what we want? We're both at different places. We weren't living in the same state. Um, we became the best of friends. I mean, we were always the best of friends. And it was really an easily navigated experience. <clears throat> and so even from that point, um I never thought anything weird about the fact that we could actually be with somebody else and love a human being. Right? Yes. And and or love multiple human beings or be mm-hmm. interested in other people sexually and have a partner that's like yeah you're an amazing partner but i can't be with you physically right now so let's also have other partners right mm-hmm. and so um i just want to say i love the fact
0: that you were able to kind of put that in its own sort of container back then because like i was just riddled with shame and fear of yeah and it was totally open too right like because i always like In high school, I liked a different guy every week or, you know, like I liked people and I had attractions to people and I really wanted to connect with people. And it's like I couldn't just settle on one person that I wanted to be with like because I wanted all the people in my life, you know, and and I just felt like something was so wrong with me and that I was so shallow in this. But actually, I'm very deep (laughs) and I just really wanted to be deep with more people And I couldn't understand, you know, but my teaching was like, you can't have feelings for more than one person. That's so wrong to be having attractions to other people, right? And I was always a very sexual teenager, and I knew that sex before marriage was absolutely wrong, and I could not engage in that. But man, I was that girl who was like, like... I could feel my body doing things if I saw an attractive guy walking down the hall. Like I was like, Oh, and I felt that so deeply, like always like physical sensations. I was so like alive inside and <clears throat> I had to shut that down. So to protect myself from getting into trouble or making the wrong decision. Right. And I was judged heavily by my youth group for being sort of a physical person. I just liked to be close. It wasn't that wasn't like touch. Yeah. It wasn't making out and having sex or anything like that. But I was so judged. I'm also French, French Canadian. And so we're very like different in that way. And like the Ontario culture and Quebec culture worlds apart. Um, So I always judged myself so much for wanting more or wanting to have fun with people and really connect on a different level. And I think that from the beginning, if I would have, if an open relationship would have been an option for me, I think I would have jumped on that as as such a great uh, option. option for me, right? A yeah, great I option. think it's... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say because I didn't feel like I fit and I was always feeling shame and guilt about my desires Um, And I always felt like something's wrong with me because I was not satisfied. But that's not true. I could completely commit to someone. So, I mean, if we want to get technical, I'm still technically married. So 25 years ago, you know, so like I have staying power and I never cheated. Do you know what I mean? Like, Like, so there was such a, a commitment and, and an ability to, to fit the box. Like I could do that, but I was always fearful that I would be the one to have an affair or something like that. If I wasn't really vigilant and careful. Mm. That's interesting.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's also like when I think about when you're saying in, in to do that, so to do that so long ago, like, I just even think as you're saying that, I'm like, we never even questioned that it was weird or wrong. And we were always open about it. Like our friends knew there was never like, even to the point where my ex would tell me things about the girls he was dating or whatever. And some of his friends would be like, you know, we're here for him. You don't actually have to talk to him about this stuff. (laughs) Like, he's my best friend and he's my, why, why, why wouldn't I? Like, I don't care. And I can actually clearly remember, I can clearly remember the day that we were standing in line to go to a movie and there was a woman that he had taken on a, they'd been on a few dates or a date or something. And I saw him see her and I looked at him and I looked at her and I actually knew who she was. We'd gone to like day camp together as kids. It was hilarious. Okay. And, um, and I was like, I looked at him, I looked at her and I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> they're married with two children. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they and are. It was- they are. They're married with two children. And, you know, like, I think it's such a beautiful thing to really be willing to have the open conversations. And it's interesting. I think one of the things that people navigate and I've, and I've, and I've navigated throughout the whole process, whether it was with him or in these last, in this last year, as I've dated, um, is the jealousy piece, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause some people don't want to hear it cause they'll be too jealous. Um, I'm the person who's like, I'd rather not. I'd rather have the information. Mm-hmm. I'd rather know what's going on. And and it's a choice. I know when you start to, you know, have these conversations around opening up relationships, like some people will choose, I don't want to know anything about it. Just you and me are here and don't tell me anything else. Mm-hmm. And some people will be like everything gets to be on a table. Um and I think that it's when we have it on the table and we can actually check our jealousy and check our experiences and it's not that it doesn't exist and it's not that like when you're when you're doing whatever you're doing and the other person is out with another human, that there isn't like, oh, I would like to be there too, or oh, what if, or like even with this. When I saw that, I was like, of course, there was that tinge of like, oh, this is it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I knew, I knew. <laughs> and when you know your lover, you know this, right? Like, because yeah, you yeah. know that look on their face, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know the energy. And um, and at the same time, I was like, yeah, I see that for you guys. Like that's amazing. Do that, you know. And I think there's a lot of grace in. I think a lot of people fear open relationships in Mm -hmm. that, like, and I know for me, and I will say this, mm, I will say this personally. So when I wanted to open up my relationship with my marriage, um, he definitely was in some ways open to it. Like he had, just like many of us, we have other fantasies, right? Mm -hmm. Whether sexual fantasies or we have other desires. And I think part of the beautiful thing around this concept being there isn't necessarily one person who's going to meet every need of yours. And it doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't right? That there could be somebody in this world that is freaking amazing and you want to be monogamous with and that's fine too. And when I, I I think the part where we can get hesitant around this is that if this, if somebody, if you go out and you open a relationship and you find somebody else that's Different or better or more aligned. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't even like to say better because it's not. Like we're all humans and we just have moved through different periods of time when there's the right person at the time, right? Yeah. And who I was 17 years ago is certainly not who I am today. And (laughs) and so right, right? And so I think a lot of people have the fear of, well, what happens if, and then they leave? Well, then it wasn't meant to be. Right. Like I have this like. And even when, before we came, even as we started talking about this, like every five years, that was the thing for my, my ex and I was that every five years we would recommit. And so we never looked at it like this is forever, even though yes, when we got married, but then we started to look at it like, what is forever? And that's like, let's check in. And actually, if it was me now, I'd probably check in quicker. Yeah. I wouldn't make it five years. I'd probably even do it yearly. Like, is this still what we want? A hundred fucking percent what we want. Yeah. Are we all in an alignment? Because if we're not, then what are we doing together? Yeah. Right. And why well, are we living our lives? Like, why are we being in and it's not even sometimes because like, I see it, I see as beautifully, too, like with people who are in a gorgeous relationships, mm-hmm. with people that they absolutely love and adore that are healthy and beautiful. And then there still gets a point where, like, actually, this isn't the right thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not about it having to be a bad relationship. No. It can be a really great relationship. But there's all such a, sudden-
0: a judgment about not, quote unquote, suffering through life. Right. Right? Like, that's the box we've been put in. The responsible thing to do, and this is what my course addresses too, is a lot of this programming, right? Is that the responsible thing to do is to just suck it up and Mm -hmm. to just be content, which is great, which is great. However, you can still be content and sacrifice and, and be unselfish and get to experience more than one person in your life because it's beautiful to have other connections. So a funny story, last Sunday, no, last Saturday. So we went, so my boyfriend and I, uh, we went with my daughter to um, like a candlelight Vivaldi concert. And my boyfriend had been sort of dating this, this other girl, and her and I get along really well, and she's totally sweet, and, and we, she had booked the tickets for us, and then her date couldn't come, so my daughter came instead. So she comes, and so Steve is sitting there, and then her, and then me, and then my daughter and I'm thinking the people in back of us must be wondering what in the world's going on. Cause like Steve leans over and, and he gives me a kiss at one point, you know, in front of her. And he he's like squeezing my shoulder. He has his arm around her and he's squeezing my shoulder. At one point she like kind of leans into him and puts her head on his shoulder. And then um I you know, him and I are like holding hands over the edge of the the back of the the thing. It was just so funny. And it's just totally normal for us. Like there's zero issues. And my daughter is like, you know, that's no big deal at all. Um, And I was like, really excited for people to just see sort of a seamless sort of interaction of like people just being and mm-hmm. just living and enjoying. And it doesn't have to be wrong or that's not the way it goes or this or that or isn't there jealousy or blah 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 it was just perfectly seamless and it was great so I love that about my life I love that he gets to have his friendships and they get to be what they they need to be and people can experience the wonderful qualities about him that other people don't have and Mm -hmm. I get to watch him you know help her in situations that are difficult and now they're just friends and there's no sexual element to, to their relationship. Um, but yet they still can have this like coziness and, and friendship like that. And to me that's a beautiful thing because here we are able to just communicate and be open about all kinds of things. And I know all about her. I know everything. And except for the private things that are just between them, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I, he keeps me in the loop about stuff. I keep him in the loop about what's going on in my life and who I engage with. And it's just so cool to not have that be weird at all. Like, it's just normal, and I love that. So it's very possible. And yet him and I are so close and so energetically connected and we are each other's primary because we choose that right now. We live two hours apart. Um so we make the effort to be like every two weeks, I'm driving down there, he's driving up here, whatever. And we're intentional about putting each other as the priority because there's only so much time and you know I'm doing this business, starting this business. Not starting it, okay. like You know, it's, it's tough being an entrepreneur and living two hours away. So we've chosen that dynamic for now. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's not going to be, you know, I, I would say it's probably slightly more hierarchical right now, but that's just what we're choosing. And it's not because it has to be, (laughs) it's just what we are choosing. And and we're very open and honest to other people about what that dynamic is like, right. You're not going to get, the full me because it's not possible right now
1: yeah but i think that's like you know i I think one of the most beautiful things about this aspect of relating Mm -hmm. is the communication because you if you're going to do it in a healthy way Mm -hmm. it has to be open and communicative even if it's not even if the choice is i don't want to hear about it Mm -hmm. that is open and communicative right Mm -hmm. um you get, And everybody gets to make the choices. Everybody gets yeah. to decide. And I think, you know, someone asked me on a podcast the other day when we were talking about this type of stuff, like, what's my ideal relationship? And I was like, well, that's kind of a lame thing to say. Or what would you label yourself? I'm like, I wouldn't label myself polyamorous at all. I wouldn't label myself monogamous. I just mm-hmm. label, label myself, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is the relationships that I'm in now. I might choose at some point in time to be monogamous again and close yeah. off a relationship. And in that relationship, though, when I meet that person if the, that would actually get me to a place that I would want to be monogamous with them, then there would also have to be conversations because there's no way we'd get to that place without it having been open to begin with, right? Right, That there would be conversations that are like, well, I'm sure I'm happy to close it now for sure, but maybe at some point in time, I'm going to want to go out and do some kinky shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you open for that? At some point in time, I might want to, you know? And it's like, I think, you know, relationships, even I was saying the woman who I learned about this, she did it, mm-hmm. like they're at a very monogamous point in their relationship right now, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's the thing that we, we don't, we don't have to label any of this. It's like, we can be whatever we want to be and whatever we want to be there. And as long as we can communicate what our needs are, then great. And if that person can't meet that need or can't meet you where you are, then they're not the right one for you because mm-hmm. heck yeah, there are a million people who want to be in this situation. And there are many people who want to be in monogamy who think like, hell no, I don't want to have another person. Um, And so I, but even still like to me, some of this, like I think about this as I go out into the world right now and dating and all these things. And like, I think sometimes people think, even in these situations, that it's about sex. It's not. And I think it's not. Like, I have men in my life that are – I I have a global platform. I have people that I've known. I've lived in Australia for 15 years. I am a very global person. I have no people, and I talk to on continents every single day all around the world. I'm talking to people in different time zones. And – some of the men that are in my world we have deeply intimate mm-hmm. and emotional connection mm-hmm. deep intimate and energetic connection mm-hmm. i have never touched them mm-hmm. don't want to necessarily touch some of them like sexually mm-hmm. but do we talk about sex and all the things that if it was in a marriage where somebody who like m- thankfully my ex was never uh never cared about these types of relationships that i had mm-hmm. um and he knew about them. Like I was never mm-hmm. like, you know, he knew about the guys that were my friends in my life. Um, and again, open communication. <laughs> right. And I would ask, like, there was times I got, I, I reconnected with my ex prior to him and we went through a really deep healing process and he's become one of my closest friends. And mm-hmm. there was times we were talking when we started reconnecting, we were talking every day for hours. And I looked at him at some point in two weeks and like, because when it happened, I mean, I went off to the ferries and my family was like, what the heck just happened to you, Carrie mm-hmm. mom? Gary, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, woohoo, I'm coming back down to the planet, right? And I looked at my ex and I was like, Are you okay with me, my husband? Mm-hmm. Um, are you okay with me talking to him? And he's like, Yeah, I'm okay with it. And you know, like these are the check-ins that we get to have, but there's a yeah. lot of relationships that would not allow for those types of connections.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And let and- me just preface that with like. The reason we can
0: have those deep conversations with people is because we feel connected to them and we feel safe talking with them. Right. And so I, I always say, and if you listen to my podcast, you've heard me say this many times, but you can try to communicate all you want. But if you don't have connection and safety with your partner, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to connect. You're not going to be able to, to communicate, communicate the things that you want. So really, I love that, you know, you kept rechecking in with your your partner with your husband as you went. Um, the other thing I loved is this, like every five years you would kind of renegotiate or or and i I have a program called The Relationship Redesign, and I'm a sex positive relationship designer. And the idea is that we redesign our homes on a regular basis, but we don't mm-hmm. redesign the most important relationship, quote unquote, in our life. You know, we're not taught that if you're married, you get to redesign it and renegotiate the terms. But you absolutely do get to. And as a designer, you know, I pull out my... my color palette <laughs> and go here we go here are all the options that we can choose so what is it what do you want to be doing with your space what do you want to be doing with this and right? your relationship And we change
1: like, and we change over time like our well, needs change So i was saying like even though this right? friend of mine open and then they needed to change right. okay we now need to stay monogamous Things and change.
0: absolutely like we go through different phases and you know when you're you're first in a relationship with someone if there's like a deep connection like you're going to take time to sort of just be with yourself. And you're familiar with NRE? new. Sure. So NRE is new relationship energy. Okay. And so there's oh, yes. a whole yes. bunch yes. of <laughs> hormones, right? Well, everybody's familiar with it, but they don't know what it's called necessarily. Yeah. yeah. So like when you start talking Happy someone, high. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a high, right? You connect with someone and you have all the feels. That hormone is kicking out in your brain. That oxytocin, it's the connection hormone. And it's, it's an evolutionary hormone that keeps you with someone long enough to procreate because this is how we populate. <laughs> so it's a natural thing that happens and it's all consuming. Like you become obsessed with someone. It's literally science. It's your hormones are making you obsessed with this new connection. And so if you're in an open relationship and you're unaware of this, you're going to make some serious mistakes. Because you're going to go, oh, that my my husband is not the right person for me because mm. you know, this new relationship is everything I've ever wanted. Mm. Well, you are have starry eyes right now. And so be aware of that. Let that calm down. And it takes like one to two years for that, you know, NRE to settle. And so then you could, excuse me, then you can make sort of rational decisions a little bit more. But we mistake those things because we're told you got to find your soulmate. You got to find the one that completes you. You have to find this person that can meet all your needs. And if you've been in a relationship for any length of time, you know that you're not meeting each other's needs, all of them. You can't. You can't. You're not the same people. It just is not possible. And yes, you can live that way. You can choose to not have your partner meet all your needs and be okay with that. And you can stay monogamous. That is absolutely fine. You probably will have other friendships, girlfriends, of course. Girl, things it's like, like that you know, it's that a, it's meet so, other needs.
1: It's so interesting when you say it. Like, I mean, like I think about this often in that like, we don't have just one friend. No. And no girlfriend of mine meets all of my needs. No. Like, so why would we very expect few am- girlfriends.
0: So imagine all my friends <laughs> were guys. And I remember the day I said this before on my my podcast, like the the story of Bible school graduate turned Playboy enthusiast. I remember the day I died inside. And that was the day that my ex said, you know, if we get married or if we get engaged, this is going to have to stop. And I was like running up and down the halls with my friend, being a total idiot and having a blast. The thing is, it didn't bother my ex. It didn't bother him at all. That's not the part that bothered him. It's like. This perception, though, if we are engaged, that's not okay anymore. Right. So I had to give up all my guy friends and my close friendships with my guys because that wasn't appropriate for a Christian wife. So imagine I didn't have girlfriends. I went from like this social person who had so much love and and amazing guy friends who just cared about me and respected me like i am an open easy to get along with person i i can have conversations easily and like my guy friends were everything all through high school college you know i just deeply loved them and then i made the choice to give them up in order to be with my ex-husband because that was the right thing to do well, you cannot tell me that at some point you're not going to have resentment when that person is not meeting your needs if you've had right. to give up everything else. Right. And I I'm getting all choked up right now because so many people think that they have to do that, you know, and. I mean, in my world, I couldn't even have guy friends that was inappropriate. Forget sex with other people. It was just, you know, like the idea of an emotional affair.
1: Right. This is what I'm saying. Like, like, the fact that I could do that was amazing. Like, my relationship allowed for that. But there's a lot of relationships that I have connections with people that they would not allow for the connections that I have with the men in my life. And, like, when you look at that, it's so heartbreaking to me. It's so heartbreaking to me. Like I said, a piece of me died
0: that day and it was a conscious choice. And so you wonder why you wake up like, you know, 23 years later and you're like, who am I? Who am I? I've lost my zest for who I am because I don't like, I I, I don't know how to be. And I remember when I slowly found out about this world and, and slowly was allowed to like Have guy friends again, you know, and just like the energy that shifted in me from having that ability, because again, my ex never was bothered by that. So all of a sudden, like ten years ago, when when we shifted our our beliefs, kind of things, it allowed for more of that kind of open thinking. Right? It's just that oh, I'm not tied to to these religious constraints anymore. So we can be ourselves and have friendships, and that's not that's not that big a deal. That's not the end of the world, you know. I'm not saying sex was okay yet at all. But, you know, the this mindset shift of of being able to adopt. And I thought, we have got to lose this mono mindset that we have because it's restricting us and we're all having to conform to be the same. And you know, we're taught this fairy tale model happily ever after. And that is, that is the way to have success. You know, I I liken it to business, right? Um, This hustle mindset, go, go, go and work hard, work hard, work hard, as opposed to this new sort of a lot of coaches and a lot of people are talking about this flowing and aligned action and, and, you know, this manifestation and stuff is all about just being in the right energetics rather than just working,
1: working, working, working. Yeah, of and course. I mean, that's ultimately sex and money right there.
0: Right. So good, because we need to get <laughs> back to that a little bit. Um, but that's exactly the the dynamic that you can either have a business where you're like, hustle, 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 and it's hard, 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 and you're stressed out and burnt out. And you can have a relationship that feels like hustle, 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 and you've got to fit all these things and has to work this way. And sex has to be sacred. And um, if you don't have sex enough, then it means your relationship's not good and they don't love you very much or you're not attractive. And all these things, we put so much stress in our relationships. When if we just were able to shift our programming and go, I release all these expectations and I'm going to create, whether it's monogamous, you can still create it without this, like this obligation expectation. expectation. Yeah. Or the root of all evil
1: in in marriages and relationships. Oh, true. Obligation But it's actually the same, again, obligation and expectation of money and business, right? Obligation expectation. All right. So take it away.
0: <laughs> take it away, Carrie
1: Lynn. Bring us back on track because, you know. Um, I, for me, it's interesting because the way you just brought this is around this flow. And if, if, to sum it up, like it really ultimately is the same energy that we use for our sexual expression, our turn on. Right. That is the thing that lights us up in the world. And that is our life force energy. And oftentimes, like I don't, oftentimes this gets dulled, whether it's through these experiences or whether it's just long-term in marriages or because we don't cultivate it or because we think it's bad too, especially as women. God help us because yeah. if we cultivate this energy, we get attention. And when we get attention, <laughs> it's not necessarily good. And then we got the, you know, these men who want to do whatever, whatever. Like we can be raped. We can be this. We can be all these societal things that are put onto us. Yeah. And God forbid we should just be fucking sexy ass goddess women. Right, that walk a street and get the eyes looked at. First of all, we can have our girlfriends be like, watch it, sister. Right. Uh They don't want to be our girlfriends anymore because now. And if we're in a right, and if we're in a marriage, like if I turn that on too much and I get other male attention, then that's not a good thing. Right. But ultimately, and like, and this is one of the things that ah, I have noticed, (laughs) like it is so sad that so many humans, and I will say a lot of women outsource their turn on to a man. Well, I don't yeah. need to touch myself unless my man does, or I don't need to be. I, I'm not turned on unless he turns me on. It's not his freaking job to turn you yes,
0: on. Yes, So glad it's you're not. saying that. And <laughs> it's, it's your not, job, and it's not. Let's add this too. It's not my job or his job to get me to orgasm either. No. And you take that. I'll. I'll tell you. We took that. Take stress orgasm away. out. Right. Like it's amazing how much more fun you can have out of our <laughs> sex life recently. Recently. In the past few months, I'll tell you, it has dramatically changed our sex life. And, and there's so much fear in that because all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm not going to be having orgasms anymore, right? Like, this is easy to think this way, but the opposite is true. And then all of a sudden the energy orgasms start to happen. Oh, and fuck the, yeah. the energetic connections because there's no goal attached to the connection. It can just be whatever it is. Just like if a relationship could just be what it can be without the limits, without all the restrictions. It's amazing. Like I have these friendships with guys and it flows from like intense, beautiful connections to turning sexual or not sexual for no. months or years. And then it can come back to that, but it's not about that. It's not, it's not. And and nobody understands that. Oh, well, it, they'll be disappointed if they don't know, because we have something deeper because I'm allowed to.
1: Yeah. I actually start relations. Like I actually start now telling men, before I even before we even get physical. I'm like, I just want you to know I have no expectation or need to have an orgasm. Like if that happens, great. If you bring me to a point of full climax, awesome. If you don't and we spend an hour rolling around in absolute freaking amazing pleasure, that is also awesome. Mm-hmm. And it releases both humans from the right? fact that we now have to have this end goal of orgasm. But this is also the same thing again with our energy in our money in our life right? Because it is that same freaking energy that we can allow to cultivate and to like really be in that present place with that pleasure. Um that we take that into our lives, right? And we walk around with that in our lives, we become magnetic. Yeah, we do. Right? And people look at you, people see you because you are full of pleasure and sexual life force energy. This is literally like when we talk about life force energy, this is the energy that creates human Mm-hmm. This is our literal purpose on this planet, if we are literally to come down to this as humanity, is to procreate. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if we look at that life force energy and we activate it and we keep that within ourselves. And again, like I had, a ma- I, I'll say this, like I was in a marriage that was sexless for years mm-hmm. and it wasn't open and I wasn't allowed to go out and I wasn't going to be the person who cheated. So what was I going to do? Well, I really wanted to open it and play with my own sexuality. So I did. It doesn't require another human for this either. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how it becomes our job. Yeah. And when we have that and ultimately like the healthiest relationship is because we become whole within ourselves. I don't need Mm -hmm. you to come in and do this for me because I can do this really well for myself. Right. And when you come in here, it's going to get even more amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to love that but I'm also going to love the time with myself. And I'm also going to do this for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't expect you to do this for me in the same way that then I take that turn on and I bring it into my life. Now, like we can live our lives by our turn on and people don't get this either. Right. Like what literally turns you on? If it doesn't turn you on, then you probably don't want to do it now. We are entrepreneurs. We are sitting here and there are going to be things you don't want to do. We're going to have to go do whatever. Right. You got to do the social media thing. You got to do whatever the thing is. It's like, Ugh, I don't want to do my taxes. I don't want to do my thing. Right. You're still going to have to do certain things in life because you have to do certain things in life. But generally speaking, like if it doesn't turn you on, because even the stuff that doesn't turn me on in my business still turns me on in my business. And the fact that I get to go and take this message to the world. So if that means I'm going to have to go to a sales page, sometime I'm going to be like, ugh, do I have to do the graphics of the sales page? I don't know really how to do that. Also, you can outsource that, <laughs> right? These are the things that like, when we start to look at business and money, like literally start to look at what are we doing in our lives that turns me on and what are the things that don't? So what are the things that don't might be for me? It is, it's putting a, I'll write the content every day of the week. I'm a writer. I freaking love writing. I just wrote my third book. Um, My third book, that's why we're here. It ends with me uh, redefining, what did I call it? Redefining toxic relationships and redefining the story of your life and rewriting the story of your life. And when I think about having to go and do all of the graphics and the this, like I'll write it, I'll write it any day of the week. But like the thought of having to go and write, put it together like that, that, I'm like, uh. So, but those are the places that I'm like, okay, so outsource that. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have the money, start it right now. If you're an entrepreneur and you don't have the money, then do the thing you have to do because you're going to have to do that. And then look at, okay, so how can I bring in more so that I can outsource the things that I don't want to do? How can I hire a team member? How can I, you know, like go somewhere? And seriously, you can get people for five bucks an hour in in places or you can, whatever, right? And do certain things that are not your wheelhouse. And then you keep coming into what is my turn on? What is my turn on? And when you are in your turn on, you are in your aligned path. Like this is how we get into flow. And we come, like, if you look at, you know, from the beginning of this human design, the more that you can live into, I mean, I am, there's a lot of people who will up me, like who will come up against me with human design and blueprint things like, oh, I don't want to be caged into something. And I'm like, no, 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 like you don't. Like when you actually start to learn your design and you live into it, it's freedom Mm
0: -hmm. because it
1: will tell you like, this is how you do the best thing in the entire world. And if you live into this, cause a lot of people will be resistant. I.e., i E I'm a manifester. I am the only person who in the world, not me personally, but as manifestors mm-hmm. that has the energetic blueprint to initiate. So most people in this world are not supposed to go out and start things as an initiation. Like I just had this idea. I'm going to go do this. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really challenging for most people when they hear this, like if you're listening and you're not, and you're hearing that you're probably like, what? I just want to go and do things, especially as an entrepreneur. But like, As a generator, manifesting generator, projector, any of the others, we need to be able to respond, right? So when we even understand that in communication, I would then say to my ex-husband, like, hey, I want to go on a date. Will you plan that? Uh uh Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-uh. He gets to respond, and now he can take over. Hmm. Right. And so we can start to learn how we do these things, because then when we then have that understanding, we can be more in our own energetic blueprint. We can be more in our own design. We can be more in our own alignment with ourselves Mm -hmm. and everything gets easier. Mm -hmm. Everything gets easier. And so that to me, it's like when we really start to play with this, like this is how we actually create more abundance in every way, shape and form in our lives. Mm -hmm. If I were to wrap that into a very quick money and sex thing for you. Yeah,
0: no, that's great. (laughs) So I just started doing um, a manifestation challenge this week with Manifestation Babe. I'm sure you've heard of her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we've had to do like these little challenges. So it's like a secret secret podcast. And so we get the next one delivered each day. And um, so it's not available to the public. I mean, you can sign up for it. But so each day she gives like a secret hashtag. And then you put it on your social media, you talk about it. And I was like, I'm usually really hesitant to do stuff like that. I I give up before I even start. But I was like, no, I'm going to do this because I'm just going to prove to myself that I can do all five days or whatever. And I'm just going to, I'm going to hold myself accountable to do this. And so I was like, yesterday it was, I realized, or two days ago, I realized that I am fully programmed with so many beliefs about money that I thought I had overcome and so much scarcity mindset and so much like fear of failure, but then fear of success. Because like when I have this money, if I can envision myself with, with this money, like I don't know how to behave in that. I don't know how to be in that way of thinking, you know, or whatever. Um, And I didn't realize that there was so many things. And then all the things that I had heard my parents say over the years, money doesn't grow on trees and this and that. And, um, but yet I had no trouble receiving money. So it's not receiving it. That was the issue, but it was like, once it's mine and if I need that money, then I all of a sudden want to hang on to it. Or I don't, there's like a, a desperation behind that. Mm-hmm. But if someone else gives it to me, I had no trouble receiving it. And that was partly because my dad would just give me money if he if he felt bad about something or didn't know how to emote emotionally. Yeah, like he would like, here's here's 20 bucks or whatever. And I remember as soon as that money became mine, then I didn't want to spend it. If my mom took me shopping and she was paying for stuff, I wanted all kinds of things. But as soon as it was, I took my money to go, I didn't want to buy anything anymore. So it was a very much like a... Fist, yeah, uh, fear of not having enough and all that kind of stuff. Well, fast forward, I'm a single mom now, and all of a sudden, I have to, for the first time in my life, this non-career person, I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, all of a sudden, has to be in charge of my own finances, and it's like, okay, I have to manage all that or whatever. So yesterday, what she was saying is that the name of the the secret podcast was "Wouldn't It Be Fun?" and I was like. Mm. So she says, ask any of your intentions, any of the things that you want in life, ask yourself, wouldn't it be fun? Like, wouldn't it be fun to have money? Wouldn't it be fun to have a new car? I could da 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 da, da. And it takes away the attachment to it and the need for it. And I was yeah. like, that is so, because I love to have fun and I love to see things in sort of this fun, energetic way. And I can, I like- immediately when she said that it's like click it made sense and then the sort of the affirmation she was talking about is like i want money but i don't need it i want a new car but i don't need it i want you in my life but i don't need you right and i was like that's exactly what i've done in my relationships because i was reflecting the day before she said to talk about those three things like health relationships and money like what What does that look like? And evaluate those three big, big things. And I was like, relationships, I have everything that I want in relationships. Why? The next day I was like, because I've been able to completely say, I want this, but I don't need it. I'm loving who I am. I love my alone time for the first time. I'm not codependent on someone for my my emotional needs. Yeah. And and my my val- uh, validity, right? Mm-hmm. I don't need someone to validate my existence or I don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. I welcome it and I get it all the time from so many people. Mm-hmm. I'm getting validated on a regular basis and it's just coming in because I don't need that and I'm not searching for it. Nice. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. And health wise too, the program I did Breaking Free from Sugar Addiction, which is what my program is based on. And I've partnered with her. It's that same concept of like, there's no forbidden foods. There's nothing off limits. I'm not tied to anything. I don't have to make these choices. I get to make these choices. You know, wouldn't it be fun if I ate things that made me feel good rather than things that make me feel crappy? You know, that gets to be my choice. So that kind of thing. And so I was like, health and relationships, why is that working for me? Why? Because I've let go of that. And then the financial piece, I was like, I couldn't figure out how to not need it when I need it.
1: Right. Like, but it's the same thing as relationships. I mean, like, we can sit here and say we don't need validation. We don't need emotional connection. We don't, but we are, we're freaking human. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's such a funny and it's an interesting thing within this dynamic, in this relation. Like, and, and I'm going to say, like, it's a very buzzy place right now in many ways. In this authentic relating and taking full responsibility and being sovereign beings, and it's like it says, "I'm not supposed to need you. I don't need you to right. validate me." But like, seriously, we're human. I exactly. have exactly, but again, I it's have that needs. whole like, wouldn't it be fun, right? right. Instead of the attached, and it's like, to- but it's right. It's like I can fulfill myself. I don't need you to be here for me, and yet. I have emotional connection needs that I desire and I want met and I am a human and I'm allowed to have these. And, and this is the other thing that I always say about that. Like, and this is how my marriage ended was because I was finally like, you know what? There is somebody in this world who wants to show me love the way that I want (laughs) to receive it. You're not that person. And it's really hard for you. And you feel obligated to do this and you hate it. And if I ask you, like it literally was the end. I was like, if I ask you, do not do anything that you feel obligated to do, it ended because he was like, it all feels like an obligation. And I'm like, and I totally respect and honor that because for you, my love language is like, he's an active service person. And I am. And like, he will say touch too, which is interesting. There have been moments in and out of touch. I was like, dude, we had not had touch. Like, where's your touch? Because if you were touched, (laughs) were we married to the same person? Right. Right? (laughs) But he really is an active service person. He always has been since the day that we, we got together. But for me, touch and words are like, and words, especially are my most important things and he really struggled to do that and I was like I know you can I know you're capable because when we got together you did mm-hmm. and now you don't want to and that's fine but like if you don't want to then I'm not getting my needs met and I don't feel loved yeah and I do I can still feel this and that doesn't this, mean you're a still, bad person just but there's means somebody it just means it's not, not your ear it's not useful for you and so now I'm like wait and so I just tell people this is what I want if you're not going to meet it then then we're well, and not going to work. if it's not work. something
0: you desire too. And, and you know, like you, right. you they want, want to do that. We want to have similarities in some point. Yeah. You know, at least one love language needs to line up, I say all yeah. the time. Because, like, yeah. if you don't, it's going to no. be, you can make it work, but it's going to be, you have to be intentional yes, to you do. want to do it. And if you don't have the intention and you don't
1: have that need, it's never going to happen. I think the interesting thing around it, actually, and one of the things I have played with in it is actually, releasing the need for that too right some of it I sit here and say this but also like I have people who now I'm like I laugh I go huh and I can see every so often the words come but I know that they're an energetic person so Mm -hmm. I'm like ah I'll meet you there that's cool and like for where this is right now like again when you have multiple people it's like yeah cool I get needs met other places Mm -hmm. and like here I freaking love our energetic connection and this is what we have and this is what we've got and I know by the way that I receive your energy that you're all here with me yeah, you you have so much love for me. And I know that the words that you say when you say them totally affirm that. Yeah.
0: Right. It's and so, so it's like
1: we get yeah. to be able to explore, like, how can I receive love? And sometimes I think when we like I've actually even considered like sometimes with our love languages, is it because I didn't receive love as a, as a words as a child? Mm-hmm. That that's why I'm like filling something now. Right. And so it's like even that can I unattach from that? And also it is my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. so the person I think though even so like (laughs) I
0: had a lot of word affirmation growing up and then all of a sudden I didn't have it at all and I was like I thrived as a child like there was things I didn't thrive in but I thrived as a child having that and to not have it and then to have it again in my life you know slowly with certain other people I was like oh right but not everybody likes it and nobody cares and some people are like, thing. why should I say that? Why should I have to say that? Actions speak louder than words. It's like, right. oh, yes, yeah. but for different people, different things. That's not. Oh my the other gosh. We just is- to-
1: talk all and- on and on and on. Say that one last thing. I want to say that one last thing. It was like yeah. the other thing you were talking about. And I wanted to like add this piece into the game that you were just talking about. Another one that I would say that's a really fun one to play mm-hmm. in that same realm is the question. What if? Mm-hmm. Well, what if? And this will take you up. It's a spiral up question, right? So if I'm in a place that I'm like, well, this sucks. Well, what if I could do this? What if I could have, what if I could have a man that would show up and give me that thing? What if that would lead to that? What if then, what if, and it like leads you into the spiraling up to experience of Mm -hmm. like you get out of your own stuckness, Mm -hmm. right? And then it will open you to the possibility And so then like it takes away the fear of the
0: unknown and it can work both ways. So it's a really good exercise to spiral downwards too.
1: Yeah. But we don't want to do that. No, but I mean we can do that, but we can do that. I think sometimes I take it to like, okay, if I'm going to make a decision, that's a really tricky, like we were talking about earlier, right? Decision stuff. If I'm going to make a decision, like I will actually, if it's afraid, I'm like, okay, so what is the worst thing that will happen? And if I look at that worst thing, like, we were talking before getting on right about expression Mm -hmm. and sharing these messages with the world, even just here on this podcast that is like so alternative to so many things that people are doing. Right. And I know for me in the way that I'm talking right now, that I know my family is very happy with me. Well, some of my family is not very happy with me Mm -hmm. and they haven't been since, I mean, I talk about money and wealth because I came from a money I came from success and it's behind closed doors, and I'm not supposed to talk about this. Right. And mm-hmm. so when we do that, it's like we can get trapped into this concept of what if, and I can look at the what if on the good side. What if I do this on the best side? And on the worst side is right now, I look at I'm abandoned. I get abandoned from my family. I get abandoned from the money. I get abandoned from all of this. Right. And if
0: you ask what if,
1: right. What I'm if, saying that what that's if, the what if, if, what if, what if. That's, if. If. that's the worst. It, and then if I not ask that the best, bad. Yeah. well, but what I'm saying is like, it brings you to, well, I don't know. Being abandoned from my family is pretty shit, but, <laughs> it, but it is. However, but it's the choice. I now have awareness. Okay. This is the choice. Now my, what if is like, this could be the worst thing that could happen yeah. on the other side of this is I get to talk to thousands, thousands of people around the world every single day. And I get to communicate in a message that is so freaking important to me. Yeah. And so am I going to my, what if, for a couple people who might abandon me or am I going to go and help the others yeah right and so we get to make these choices when we take these what-ifs to either place yeah right? exactly. and we get to have the clarity okay like if that's the worst thing that's going to happen am I okay with that thing yeah if that's yeah. the worst thing am I okay like and sometimes when we go and have these big um risky things that we will do for our own development, right? What's the, what if, well, maybe I'll be without a house. Do I have a friend that I could go? Cause that's really what it's going to be when we come down to it. Right. I have no money. I can't yeah. do anything. What's going to happen. Well, do you have a friend that you could go and stay with? Yeah. You mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah. Are you really like, no, we're probably gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah. Somehow I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Right. And so we get to look at that too. And just kind of like play into that space mm-hmm. of like, move thats that. Is is the fear actually enough to keep me from the what if the possibility of all the other amazing. Mm -hmm. And then if you keep coming up to what if, what if, what if, and again, this comes in through money and relationships, right? What if I take the risk in my business and it does what I want it to do. And I get to go connect with and be a messenger for thousands and millions of people around the world. What if, Mm -hmm. and I get to go be a part of change on the planet and what if in relationship I decide I want to have a conversation with somebody and I want to share my vulnerable self and say, oh my gosh, I really want to try this thing sexually. Or what I look, there's this guy over here. That's really amazing. Or I want to go be with a woman or whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. Right. And we have the vulnerable conversation. We go, what if I just ask the question? Because so many people won't even ask the freaking question. And then we get the freedom. Like you said, when you had your marriage, you're like, oh my God, actually we got to try new things. We blew down these walls and now we get to try new things. And so I think um, it's a really powerful way to start to like open ourselves to what is possible. Absolutely. Oh, I love it.
0: Well, before we go, um, what, where can we find you and what are some of the links? I can put them in the show notes and people can get in contact with you if they want to learn more about all the fun things, how to be authentic with (laughs) your, your wealth and, and your sex life and, and your
1: relationships, all these things. My, you can find me on the socials. I'm on Instagram at at Carrie Norley, K E R I N O R L E Y. Currently, by the time this comes out, it could be Carrie Lynn. I don't know. You'll find it in a show note somewhere, but it's Carrie Lynn, K E R I L Y N N. I am in the midst of a rebrand. Um, Facebook as well is Carrie Kaplan Norley. Um, but on Facebook, I think I'm just Carrie Norley. Like if you put it in there, Facebook. My website is CarrieNorley.com. Currently, could be Carrie Lynn by then. Carrie okay. Lynn.com. Um, right, I will check in with you before check this in. comes out. We'll make sure all the links are correct. <laughs> oh, they'll good. They'll be they'll be somewhere. And either way, they'll be forwarded things and be able to do stuff. Yeah. And if you go, if you're interested, uh, on my website is again, we're we I'm transitioning some things in my business. Yeah. But on my website, if anyone's interested, there is a if you're interested in crypto, there is a free like experience that you can go learn how to get into crypto, buy your first Bitcoin, buy your first ETH. It is an exciting time still, even though there's chaos. Anyone who's been paying attention to the crypto space, um, it is a really exciting time to be in the space and you can learn within an hour how to get into and buy your first stuff so awesome. and it's free you can go check it out on my website
0: well we will definitely chat about this um well thank you so much for joining us and i wish we had more time i have another interview that i have to do um but it's been lovely getting to know you and we will talk again soon thank you so much green <laughs> as i always say when it comes to sex positivity authenticity is the key have a great day love you Honestly, this was such a fun conversation. I feel like I learned so much, and we talked about so many things, from human design to sex to money, relationships. I mean, we covered the gamut, but at the end of the day, I think you see that there is this correlation with how we see our sexuality and the freedom that we can have within ourselves to accept who we are to let go of expectation and obligation as she says and bring that into how we see money and bring that into our relationships bring it into our sex lives it all comes down to shifting our perspective on what we expect from relationships, what we expect from ourselves and how we operate in the world. I love she, that she said that sort of our sexual energy is truly our life force and what we're passionate about, what our turn ons are. How many times do you ask yourself that? So I'm just going to leave you with that. I just think this was such an important conversation and I think everybody should listen to it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as me. Please don't forget to go and check out some of her links. Don't forget to join the Facebook group, Breaking Free Authentically. If you have not taken the Is Monogamy Right For Me quiz yet, please go and take that quiz right away and find out what are your turn ons? What are the things that light you up? What are the things that make you, you? And Don't be ashamed of that. Go find out. And let's talk about it. There's going to be a workshop that's going to break down all of the explanations having to do with that quiz. So look out for that soon. It's going to be coming your way. And it will include a one-on-one call with me if that's something you so choose. So don't be afraid to take that quiz Step in, step into your braveness and find out what it is that's holding you back. I want the best for you. I want you to be empowered. I want you to live your life full of joy and excitement and truth and most of all, authenticity. Have a great day. I love you all so much. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, When it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.